you know how I don't remember when you know how like we said at one point in time that like a solid 80 to 90 percent of articles on compact mag start out with like a horny impulse they start out as someone being horny and then someone being ashamed that they're horny we're not yeah. so they're not and all call, ashamed and, and calling themselves out like they're trying to work out their own uh, uh like neuroses as they're writing this within the first paragraph yeah 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 this one wait like this article waits for a few paragraphs before it like kind of like you know starts shooting out some pre-com so he bur- he buried the lead a little bit but it comes to a uh onanism yeah masturbation yeah <laughs> he sowed his seed on unfertile soil <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was it wasn't firm yet you know it wasn't, I, it wasn't firm yet i never understood that analogy by the way in the bible because it made it sound like men in biblical times were jerking off on the dirt constantly <laughs> like they were, they're just burying it <laughs> burying their, their sperm well yeah. as it say he says it's better to sow your seed in the belly of a whore than to to masturbate uh, just yeah like spooging on the ground and yeah aaron you're right just like covering it up with some with your toe <laughs> like using your toe <laughs> just scrape a little dirt over that shit <laughs> Oh man! They got to pat the ground, you know, as you would pat the seeds, you know, the planted seeds. <laughs> That's funny, Aaron. <laughs> just imagine you go up there, just nutting on the ground and patting it, and just watering it, <laughs> like tilling the land. Yeah. It's seed. A <laughs> human grows so up <laughs> out of that. Oh, you got a human tree. I'd be so tired if it worked that way. Well, this article in the compact mag kind of. You know, goes it's it kind of goes towards what I was saying. Um, the the article is called "When Leftists Thought About Ancient Rome," because like you know, there's this whole there's this whole meme about like ancient Rome right now, right? Like about how like guys are constantly thinking about the Roman Empire. Yeah, I think about the Abyssinian Empire, but that's just me though, you know, I, personally. See, I, real heads. <laughs> Think about the Roman kingdom before it was a republic. Roman, ah, okay. See, like, because there's three phases, Roman kingdom, republic, and an empire. But real heads think about the kingdom, dog. You, you talk about, like, shortly after Romus and Remulus times with the two wolves and shit? Um, let me just read you some of this article, okay? Uh, I, I had to mention it because it, it hits all my interests. Um. In the early 1860s, a middle-aged Karl Marx was facing one crisis after another. He lost his lucrative job as the London correspondent for the New York Herald Tribune. His wife, mm, Jenny... You know how was, that goes, brother. Yeah, we all know how... A got, post later held by the great Charles Portis. Yes. Who once remarked, uh, if the Tribune would have just paid Marx a little better, it would have saved us all a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> this is right. Keep the man working. Yeah. Um... His wife, Ginny, almost died of smallpox. Money was scarce, and there were several children to feed. Nobody was reading his decade-plus-old manifesto, and Das Kapital was still only a pipe dream. To cope... Okay, that's not true. He was writing Das Kapital. Yeah, wasn't he already, already working on it? <laughs> like, if it was, like, before he died, so would he write it in a year or some shit and the, then die? Like, no, he's working on it. There's a lot of ahistoricism in this article that I'm shocked made it past an editor, but it's compact, Mag, so you can't Well, really... is this the... Just to ask, do we know, is the uh, is the author of this, is this... Because, you know, compact, Mag has a hodgepodge, a motley crew of... Uh, of so-called leftists and um, these weird right-wing people. Is this person a leftist or are they writing? I guess they're writing from the point of view of a conservative, critiquing they, the left, right? They are writing from the point of view of... Okay, that's a great question, Aaron, because I assume that if you are writing for Compact Mag, you are either a conservative who has way too many sexual hang-ups to be considered <laughs> like, in the conservative sphere, or you're a post-leftist who has way too many sexual hang-ups to be in the leftist sphere. <laughs> There's a Venn diagram where there's a perfect circle for all these people who've been ostracized from the respective political communities. Yeah. Yes. Bottom line is you, you can't be normal about sex. <laughs> the um, This guy, his name is Alex Petkus. Pet, Petkus? He, um, 
his Twitter bio says he quit academia to teach you what they should have taught you. His okay, interest. This motherfucker's a conservative. His, <laughs> he's, a, he's a brave truth teller, isn't he? His interests are heroes, persuasion, tradition, energy from the past. He's a Princeton PhD in classical literature. So, so he's like, a vibes guy. He's a return guy. What he said, energy from the past. Perhaps even more embarrassing is that you got a PhD from Princeton and can't get the basic facts of Marx's life. <laughs> Chronologically correct, <laughs> uh, dude. It it gets way it gets may, way more farcical to use a Marx term. Um. So, anyways, Das Kapital was still only a pipe dream. To cope, the socialist philosopher turned to that age-old male spiritual practice, thinking about the Roman Empire every day. Some have detected in the recent viral meme: How often do men think about ancient Rome? More evidence of a worrying rise in right-wing extremism. For years, classicists have been sounding the alarm about nefarious links between fascism and online male fans of antiquity. But not long ago, some of Rome's great men fascinated thinkers and activists of the left. Mm. Um, you know, we didn't think we didn't talk about it at the time, but like, I do think about Rome. Like, it's a fun little hobby. A not, normal not, amount, not like the glory. What's that, Tom? A normal amount. A normal amount and not like, like about 20 minutes a day about yeah like I, i'm not really interested in like the main fucking years like who's interested in that like i'm not interested. nobody's interested in the main years no no we all want to know about like the decline we want to know about the bad times yes we want to know about cities burning while men play liars <laughs> while emperors play liars and shit you know what i mean i want to know about the bacchanalia i want to know about that shit yeah yeah i want to know about the castrati you know what i mean like all these <laughs> You mean like yeah. guys who have had their balls cut off to sing higher? Yeah, Nero would take young boys and castrate them for to sing in his choir and stuff uh -huh. like that. Well, weren't they called like the Phoebes or some shit like that? Te technically, Nero is like in the still in the glory days. Oh, word! Uh, Damn, that shit was long. Yeah, Nor shit. Nero is not in the decline years. He was like, I believe he was in the first century. He was. He was. He was emperor during the time that uh, what did what's his name Edward Gibbons said that it was probably the most glorious moment in human history. Like no one was luckier than the people who got to live in the first century A.D. Roman Empire. So he was in the reasonable doubt age and not like the Blueprint Three era. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying to make this make sense. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. He died uh, shortly after the Blueprint, and thank God he did. <laughs> no, nah, everyone. I, no, the best shit. Real heads want to talk about fifth century, sixth century. Like we we want to talk about like the tax farming system. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. Like we, we, we want to talk about like the rise of the Carolingian Empire. <laughs> that's that's real shit right there. Finally, finally. Um. So reading Appian's Roman Civil War in the original Greek, Marx was particularly struck by one figure. He wrote to his friend and collaborator Engels, "Spartacus emerges as one of the best characters in the whole of ancient history." A great general, unlike Garibaldi, a noble character. A I like Marx. Can't help but like throw some shade at just like at an anarchist <laughs> yeah i can't not was i don't think garibaldi was an anarchist i'm pretty sure he was like a italian nationalist uh, i thought he might have been anarchist yeah you're probably right though um he uh um a genuine representative of the ancient proletariat um uh, spartacus was the gladiator gladiator who shocked the roman world by leading a slave revolt around 73 BC, uh, even before Marx, his example had captivated radicals. The Haitian revolutionary general Toussaint Louverture was hailed as a black Spartacus in the early 19th century, a comparison recalled by another Caribbean revolutionary, Fidel Castro. Um, and then he goes on to talk in an incredibly muddled way that makes really no sense about how... Um, the Stanley Kubrick movie about Spartacus in the early 60s was, you know, like multiple like people who had been blacklisted in the McCarthy purges in the early 50s worked on this movie and how like real, you know, real communist men used to look up to ancient Rome and ancient Rome. Oh, and this movie was a haven for the Reds. Yes. Yeah. 
but um but so then we like then he skips though to another like sort of mainstay in the compact mag like uva like their sort of like toolkit which is like invents a guy to be mad at um he writes spartacus in its current form would probably not make it past today's progressive cultural gatekeepers (laughs) (laughs) yo can i just say something real quick i love i love when people take a historical figure or a vet in like in time and like just take it up with two hands and pull that shit up and put it drag it and carry it to like to contemporary times or another time period and try to make like extrapolate comparisons or examples like bro what do you he would probably be like what are you talking about if Spartacus was alive today, is there anything out there that it cannot be said of? There, that so, or is there anything out there? I guess that somebody has not said you couldn't do that today about. <laughs> <laughs> people so. just say anything, and somebody will say, "You know what? That would never fly today." And it's like, <laughs> that, that, what are you talking about? That person's still working, <laughs> or you know, or this show's still on, or whatever. Or well, we're still doing this thing right now. Yeah. <laughs> also, everybody loves Stanley Kubrick movies. Like, we're, no one's going to turn on Spartacus. Like, also, I don't know, man. It's, uh, but he like, he goes on. Frivolous women are the ones to blame for triggering the gladiators' revolt. Spartacus's wife is stereotypically feminine and passive. The fight scenes are purely male affairs, and the one black character dies too early. To underscore the Romans' decadence and corruption, the film, like the novel, portrays its villain, Crassus, as a bisexual predator. Even beyond these problematic details, Spartacus isn't the kind of film that would be likely to appear at a nearby multiplex today. Hollywood seems unable today to offer viewers any real forceful male heroes drawn from the distant past. What are you talking about, bro? Oh my fucking god. Well, I like the uh, real forceful male heroes. Like, what do you mean by forceful, dude? Yeah, like, like, are you talking about Liam Neeson taken? Or are you talking about, like, sex crimes? Like, what are you saying right now? Because, like, Thor, that's, like, an ancient god or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Yeah. Is he not forceful enough? Are superheroes not forceful enough? Uh, it seems the current pop consensus, shaped by the demands of DEI, would prefer in the mode of the ancient lawgivers to consign most of what came before... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> to to consign most of what came before the 1960s or the 2000s to the bad times before good order was established. If if that analysis is anywhere close to the mark, it is ironic that one of the men to whom the presentist status quo is often attributed was deeply affected by Rosa Luxemburg's Spartacus Brigade. As a young man, the Marxist philosopher again, like this this leaps so far because like now we're we've moved on to Marcuse. Um, because he's talking about the 60s. As a young man, the Marxist philosopher Herbert Marcuse carried a rifle in a left-wing paramilitary unit in Berlin and flirted with the idea of joining up with the Spartacus Bond. But in 1919, after seeing the brigade fall in a bloody disaster, its leaders summarily executed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Herbert Marcuse, by the way, was on the payroll of the CIA. So, um, I don't know. Probably not the best example to pick, right? Right, like I'm... I don't know how many people are aware of that. Like, uh, and it may not mean anything, but I don't know. To me, it I'm means hearing so. this for the first time. <laughs> Anyways, just continuing here. Here we arrive at the point in history where the question of how often a man thinks of the ancient Romans can become a funny meme. The meme is funny partly because the women asking the question are so shocked, but also because the Romans are so self-evidently interesting to their men. This disconnect is the result of the consignment of much of the past to the dustbin of history. In this context, the grassroots popularity of Rome among regular dudes should be encouraging for anyone who would like to see the return to a robust historical consciousness. Oh my fucking Damn, God. That's, that's all we want. <laughs> that's all we fucking want, man, is to return to a robust social consciousness. Uh-huh. Um... As Marx, Luxembourg, he's talking about Howard Fast, Dalton Trumbo, Kirk Douglas, all realized serious political movements need historical symbols. Rome, being so ancient, universal, and broad in its historical influence, is both a powerful symbol in itself and a vast library of symbols, including not only icons of heroic action, but signs foreboding the decline of greatness. Symbols gain more power the longer they live, but they have to be real, too, or credibly real. Um, 
Okay, blah, blah, blah. Because of the success of the patriarchy smashing, I think I missed a crucial sentence here where he's describing how absolutely fucking sexy the goddamn ancient Romans were. I swear to God, all this obsession with Rome as well, which is fine. It's all homoerotic as well, which is fine, brother. You know, do your thing, man. No judgment. I think that's the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. This was the, this is what this was it. Um, Spartacus borrowed many elements from Kiberia. Above all, a focus on muscular male bodies in action sequences. This is like Trump's like, I would kiss the generals. This is pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like much. they look great in their uniforms. They're big guys, 6'3", you know. I look at Spartacus in that little uh, little Roman skirt thing with them sandals. <laughs> look that at Spartacus. Yeah. <laughs> this is his ass hanging out. And he's... Look at yeah. his cheeks glistening. Yeah. He didn't want this attention. He shouldn't have been wearing that, wearing that fancy breastplate. <laughs> um. Because because of the success of the patriarchy smashing cultural revolution that has rendered much of history problematic. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I can imagine him saying that with a sneer. You know what I mean? Like, that's so condescending, dude. Well, I just, like, what are you talking... Like, no one... If anything, honestly, one of the most frustrating things to me is how much the left idealizes various chapters of the past including the 1930s and 40s like cio that you know what i mean that kind of shit too it's just like i i wish that were the case that we forgotten about some of these not forgotten i don't want i don't want that but just that like they wouldn't be constantly trying to be recreate that yeah yes which that's the greatest irony on the nostalgia tip that's the great well that's exactly and that's the greatest irony of this piece um, that I'll get, I'll get to in just a minute. What, what I'm getting from this so far, and just I, I gotta keep it straight because I'm battling COVID brain fog right now. But this man is in essence saying that wokeness has ruined everybody's chance to enjoy muscular men in tight fitting <laughs> attire. Yeah, which I would think I would think it was the opposite. I would think wokeness has made that. <laughs> more acceptable <laughs> but That's, he's saying the opposite he's saying wokeness has ruined everybody's chance to you, to be as gay as possible with the Romans <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> be gay for the Romans <laughs> your COVID brain has landed on something that is extremely fascinating and that you would only find on the pages of Compact Mag which is that you're exactly right Tom wokeness has not made homoeroticism easier it's actually made it harder. harder. It's made it harder to approach, appreciate as a real man, which is in the terms of the Roman Empire. <laughs> it's the only way you can, as, as a That's, straight man, appreciate gayness is the Roman Empire. It gets at something very fascinating, like a fascinating part of, of homoeroticism in the West, which is that like women always women always be ruining the party for dudes who just want to bone each other suck and fuck yeah. women yeah. always be fu- like ruining the side said no girls only the club had the treehouse said no girls only what are you doing here you're scaring the bros <laughs> <laughs> you're scaring the dicks they're falling off and running away and sprouting legs and charging far far from us ladies you're scaring the bros <laughs> it's just like i'm just Human sexuality is a vast spectrum, right? This this article and others like it in the return tradition kind of prove that there is a kind of homoeroticism that is extremely misogynistic. Like it hates, it loves dudes, but they're so ashamed of it and they take it out on women. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, yeah, and also as if women can't like, it's, it's also like, again like the homoeroticism of it is like we all as men can enjoy this together because we understand robet robust forceful men of history and those broads they don't so they're yeah. not allowed in it's why it's this it's the same animating factor that uh william f buckley could call gore vidal a goddamn queer but he was like swimming naked with boys in his swimming pool but that but that was just in the roman sense yeah <laughs> It was like it was like the bacchanalia in the way that you know it's um it's just friendly male male engagement you know none of it is sexual at all it transcends sexuality. Um, 
So, a public education has not for some time afforded recent generations of Americans much awareness of the potentialities of the past. Okay, I, I do kind of agree with that. Not in the way he's saying it. That's he- what motherfuckers want to sidestep this. It's so... <laughs> The people that like will nod to the to the Greek and Roman sort of origins of like like you know like Namblathod and shit like that like also are like are the ones out here like calling like uh, people pedophiles and groomers exactly exactly <laughs> exactly so the much. people who fetishize grooming and who historicize it are the ones that exactly yo, yeah so the one, yeah the ones that want to like have sex with young boys are the ones out here calling everybody groomers and pedos. <laughs> Um. So he then he then goes on to say, in the precincts of higher education, meanwhile, classicists are too preoccupied with counteracting the whiteness of the discipline or smashing glass ceilings with female translations of ancient epics to address the problem. <laughs> A female translation of an ancient epic, like just. Um, like is she speaking a different language? Like do women speak a different language? Now? I did, like what are you talking about? I did is see. There, was there a, is there a, somebody trying to do female Spartacus? Or? No, <laughs> I ju- I just saw recently that there's like a new translation of Homer, and there was a big, um, whoever the fuck Homer was, if he even yeah. existed, he may not have even existed. Uh, but like there, there's like a new translation translation of the Odyssey, I think, or the Iliad, and um. But it's by a woman who apparently, not by virtue of her gender, but by virtue of her skills, it's like a skill mm. issue. People take issue kind of like with her translations. But yeah. it seems I'm, I might be crudely misrepresenting this quote unquote scandal. But he's it seems like he's applying it to her whole entire. Yeah, gender. He's like it's too it's too broadified. I can't <laughs> fuck with this shit. <laughs> this shit, like what the fuck is this? Uh, Jesus. He says, if they could even admit it was one. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, also, the, the the whiteness of the discipline. I mean, granted, I'm not in the academy. I don't fucking know what's going on in the colleges. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I haven't how stepped foot in a college in years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they're teaching ancient Greece and ancient Rome. But um, if the entire faculty of entire classical classics programs at universities is all white that kind of does say something about the topic so i think that you kind of have to deal with that in some way it's all white it's all white in the this is what i'm getting at it's the main people who study it are all white they're studying a group of people for whom the category of whiteness did not exist so there is a disjuncture there yeah, but it's also seen as almost like it's also seen as this precursor, right, um, to like wet white Western society. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So automatically you attribute like whiteness to the ancient Romans, you know, despite right. the fact that it was a vast fucking region, you know, that encompassed like tons of people. Yeah, they you, everybody forgets they conquered the world, essentially. <laughs> Almost. <Yeah. laughs> That's the thing. I guess it's because they they automatically associate, like, virility and strong-ass muscular fucking quads and abs and shit with whiteness. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, with dominating much of the world or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's ultimately what's at, at stake here. It's like, why they, they're white supremacists is because they ought to harken back to a time when Europeans, by force, just, like, took, you know, they're we're these conquerors and blah, 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 and all this shit. It's like... It's it's like it's like the ancient alien shit, dog. Not even ancient. It's like ancient alien shit where people are like, yo, how do, how did they how did the uh, how did the ancient Egyptians like build the pyramids, or how did like you know like um, indigenous people of the Americas build these huge ziggurats and shit mm-hmm. like that? Was it aliens? Because they're like, oh, black and brown people couldn't do that shit. That's impossible, right? You know, it's like the only people that could build civilizations were white people that looked like us. <laughs> they were sucking and fucking each other, men specifically. But that it, it always has a libidinal. I don't know why I pick up on that. Maybe I'm incorrect, but it does feel like there is like a, a libidinal thing here. That dude, is, dude, it's uh, you, you know, you know what it is. Not to not to even derail, but you know what I think it is too. It's like the way they envision progress. You know, it's like almost like the Italian futurists, right? For them, like um, like uh, conquering technology and conquering nature, sorry, and like um, technological progress, right? Where we're markers of social progress, you know. And also, like, uh, being hyper-masculine and masculinity as a symbol of speed and strength and power and all that shit, you know? Right. So for them, when they see these huge grand cities, these ancient cities of antiquity, 
like for them like not only does it have like oh this is western white society but like obviously this was created and built and designed by men you know right These motherfuckers <laughs> couldn't even build a tower right it fucking <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even good at it they had the plumbing down pack though i'm not gonna lie yeah. with the aqueduct yeah ah come on probably better than southwest atlanta to be fair though I gotta f- filter better water with a goddamn t-shirt and a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like past civilization. I do get, I do get annoyed sometimes with people having this sort of like Hegelian view of history that it like is on this trajectory where it only progresses and gets better. Mm-hmm. Where it's like there were technologies and and things about the past that were. You know, they. Oh, I hesitate to use the word better because I don't know because I didn't live in them. But I do think that like y'all are some aqueduct stands. Dude, <laughs> y'all are impressed the, by the aqueduct. Dog, they're still standing and like they're our fucking standing. our water supply water <laughs> yeah, system. That, we're getting flesh eating bacteria <laughs> in Martin County. <laughs> they just built that shit. Thirty. These years motherfuckers ago. are drinking the finest water <laughs> in the world and selling it to us for three dollars a fucking Pellegrino and all that shit. Listen, dog, the Coliseum is still standing. Uh, the Georgia Dome has been blown up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they replaced <laughs> it with that ugly-ass Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium. So, you know, I'm not hating, you know. Um, But, like, the gender stuff, I mean, obviously that, you know, we don't have to take a page out of that book. Um, yeah. But, uh, anyways, hence, the only safe space left for men to think about ancient Rome is the internet, to the evident they consternation. They love their safe spaces. <laughs> <laughs> Love this I, season, again, again, like when I was in college, I took several classics courses. Um, the people that were in those courses, I guess that's what he's saying. I guess the, I, uh, the, in his argument, I guess what he's saying is that like white men can no longer go take classics courses in college without taking them with women and black people and other people of color. Therefore, yeah. we have no safe space to t- <laughs> and also, also the people that we're taking the class with, the other marginalized people, will look at us as if we'll be sussed out about us because we're white men taking these classical courses. It's yeah, like, like I had there probably, were a, but no, not really. I don't give a shit, dude. There were a lot of women in my classics courses. In fact, I would go so far as to say probably more than men. Honestly, I guess my point though is that like um, he's kind of giving away the game there. It's like. If I can't study my fucking ancient Rome with fifty other muscular ass fucking dudes, if we can't suck and fuck if, each if other. We can't at the suck same and fuck without getting interrupted by a goddamn girl. I don't want to do it. <laughs> then of course we're going to study it online and become Nazis. Don't you see what you're doing to us? You're making girls study with us. <laughs> you made us do it. You're making you us... made me be a Nazi. You made, made me this be... way. I'm I'm an ancient Rome Nazi because you made a girl study with me. <laughs> see the fascists now I'm an actual fascist because of you you know <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay this is the part that I find highly amusing as a uh, Marxist the academic and media establishment's abandonment of the serious task of inspiring men doesn't bode well for the left's political prospects revolutionary Marxism captured the hopes of earlier generations because it had the fruits of a real culture still in place. Marx himself had his German gymnasium education to thank for his classical learning. The contemporary left's willful abandonment... Wait a second, gymnasium? It's like, um... It's like, uh... It was like a German schooling... So his gym teacher was also the history teacher, like in America? (laughs) Yeah, what's the German conception of a (laughs) gymnasio? I gotta know. You guys are getting hung up on the wrong damn detail. Like, is, is it like a stage or some shit like no, that? I mean, like no, a lecture I just, hall? I, yeah, like, do words even mean things anymore? Like, <laughs> yeah, bro. No. Like, you mean gymnasium didn't go, didn't mean where I used to go play dodgeball, but where motherfuckers learned shit? Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Yo, what? Oh, man. I'll look it up on my own time. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, Tardy Boys will find out later. Um, uh, you guys, you got me off topic. Okay, the, the I was thinking of sexy ass dudes in gymnasiums now. Maybe that's why he put that in there. He was like, he did that. He's like, some some little fucker's ball. gonna lambast me, and I'm gonna appeal to his latent homoeroticism to throw him off topic. Um, 
The contemporary left's willful abandonment of much of the historical past leaves it unable to execute the total rupture of history its architects promised. Perhaps in this sense, progressives have good reason to be concerned that they have ceded the Roman Empire to their legions of online enemies. Okay. Okay. I have to... Okay. If you seriously say that, I don't understand how anybody claiming to know Marx has not read the probably most famous Marx paragraph in history. The point is, it's like, it's highly ironic to say that about someone who like, who's one of the most like their most famous theorizing of revolutions was that leftist proletarian revolutionaries, but also mostly bourgeois revolutionaries actually is what he's saying are constantly evoking the images of the past and LARPing previous revolutions so for example like the french revolutionaries larped as roman republicans in rome you know uh, from the roman empire uh the you know revolutionaries of 1848 larped as the revolutionaries of 1793 the tea party larped as the boston tea party with <laughs> <laughs> some of yeah. clarus thompson's wife's money sure yeah. yeah yeah we we larped as like early 20th century uh you know iron workers or Factory workers or whatever during yeah, the burning like, era. Yeah, you t- uh, yeah, you. I, I see what he's uh, you, like. You borrow us every moment borrows aesthetic references from yesteryear. What? It's part of. Without getting too deep into it, Marx's point was that in the sort of like dialectical development of history revolutionaries are almost it's almost like they're incapable of breaking out of history and so like you even had the bolsheviks like all of them were obsessed with the french revolution and were all obsessed with like danton and robespierre and like who would become the first to go to the guillotines you know what i'm saying like they're all they all larp as previous revolutionaries like this is part of the sort of trap that you as a revolutionary find yourself in. Like you will, you know, in trying to create a new future and a new world, you often borrow from the past. You pick up things and items and identities from the past and then LARP that out to, to, to our detriment. Yeah. I mean, there's a way to look at it too. Um, I think uh, Grafton Tanner in his book, the circle of the snake, uh, where he talks about nostalgia think at the end he talks about revolutionary nostalgia which is like a more conscious effort right to like um look back especially at like programs like the black panther uh, uh breakfast program right like organizations today especially during covid that will look back to those times of mutual aid right and mm-hmm. other organizations like that's fine but like i guess yeah when you're i don't know man it's almost like it's almost like a crab or something or crustacean molting you know yeah like it has to kind of break out of this skin but it can only retain and maintain the same form that it already had you know Totally. The, the morphology dimensions that it had, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're all crabs, you know? We're all crabs. We're all crabs. <laughs> in a barrel, man. We're all crabs in a barrel, man. And they're shooting at us. They're molting <laughs> at the same time, but he wants us to go back to fucking and sucking each other in the Roman bathhouse. Yeah, I... Uh, well, anyways, uh, if you find him on Twitter, his Avi is one of the ancient Rome s- statues. So, anyways... Thought that was amusing. Thought you so boys he, would find that amusing. He's a Roman Homer. He's a Roman Homer? Yeah. Roman Raging Homer? Raging Homer. <laughs> Raging Homer. <laughs> He's a homosexual. <laughs> Um, so, you know, pivoting away from ancient history to the current world, to the contemporary American life, um, Times. you know, this is, uh, recording this on Thursday, October 5th, uh, the world is laughing at us, boys, 
The world is... The three of us are America. America. They're just sitting over there in Slovenia. And they're laughing at us. They're just sitting over... They're sitting, sitting over in there. their ivory towers in Lejubljana. <laughs> <laughs> However you say that. They're, they're, in, they're in Lithuania, and they're laughing at us. Because we, uh, we ousted Kevin McCarthy from the Speakership of the House. And it's, it's an undermining of democratic norms in the country's institution. And they're laughing. Oh, we showed we showed our ass. Basically, is what you're saying. That's what that's according to the New York Times. And there's a there's an there's a news article in the New York Times about it. That's not even op ed. It's a reported story about how the <laughs> world is laughing at us. So they didn't even have to go to the editorial board. They were like, we all feel bad about this, right? <laughs> we all feel ashamed, right? We're all shitting in our duty pants right now, right? Like, yes, you are. <laughs> Motherfucker, uh, I don't feel bad. So yeah. they're they're saying that paradoxically, removing uh, somebody like McCarthy is a harbinger of fascism to come. Yeah, they're saying that like this is from Peter Baker. He says there was a time not long ago when the United States presumed to teach the world how it was done when it held you itself mean when it was dropping nuclear bombs on country's <laughs> dog and invading. When exactly <laughs> was that, Pete? <laughs> When it held itself up as a model of a stable, predictable democracy, when it sent idealistic young avatars to distant parts of the globe to impart the American way. <laughs> not even That's, people. Not even people. These are not people. They're just products. It's a very weird thing to say. It is. <laughs> very dehumanizing. Fuck you, dude. These days, to many watching at home and abroad, the American way no longer seems to offer a case study in effective representative democracy. Instead, it has become an example of disarray and discord, one that rewards extremism, challenges the norms, and threatens to divide a polarized country even further. Uh... So I don't have to get into the rest of it. The rest of it is just about like play by play, blow by blow of Kevin McCarthy getting asked But I just want you all listening to this to sit down and think seriously about a wooden shoed sackcloth peasant <laughs> in Siberia laughing at your ass. <laughs> They're laughing at you. Has, has just worked like a 12-hour day with probably you two, actually. But in the freezing cold, you know what I mean? They're, they're laughing at your ass. They've spilled their seed in the soil. They're laughing. Yeah, they're getting ready to reap a harvest, and what they're saying is that America's not because they've traded in their democratic norms for whatever this is. We did. We traded it For chaos. <laughs> did, didn't didn't Canada also this week? I mean, I don't know, man, because I don't I don't know anything about you don't even know about domestic politics, much less much less international politics. But uh, didn't Canada also like oust their speaker of the house or that some shuffle in there? What do they call it, their parliament or some what, shit like is that? Is it because of the Nazi incident? <laughs> I mean, probably, yeah, probably. Yeah, Hunka is now the speaker of the is now the Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the equivalent is, the, 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 the guy who the Nazi who came is now the speaker of the house. Yeah, the ancient Nazi. <laughs> is now the, yeah, the mouthpiece for the Canadian. Nazi. Yeah, the Merlin's Nazi. Okay. <laughs> so there's been some shakeup in North America, is what we're saying here. There's been shakeups, yeah. Also, too, I know I'm jumping around, but didn't didn't I, did, I saw an article that said that. Republicans were in conversation with Trump to bring him, bring him back as Speaker of the House. That's possible. Which, technically, it is bro, why would you ever have any faith in a country that allows some shit like that to happen, dude? It is. I think apparently it is like legally possible. Like you don't so have it, to be in the House to be Speaker. I'm pretty sure. So is it some? Is, is it like some Cincinnati shit? Where you like you just rise to the occasion from your um from your Roman field <laughs> to, to like to like fucking like serve the country or some shit. Uh -huh. Yeah. Can Trump be Speaker of House? That'd be so fucking. <laughs> some great. like like uh, the governing version of a citizen's arrest. <laughs> like you know what I'll 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 carry that mantle. I'll be Speaker of the House if oh, you all need one. So I'll yeah. take one for the team. <laughs> Apparently. He is ineligible for the post because the party's rules bar anyone under indictment for serious charges from the House leadership. <laughs> oh, y'all fucked up. Y'all fucked up. You all bl Listen, if you wanted a speaker, <laughs> I don't know anybody that's more equipped for the job. That's what we need. We need Donald Trump to have less ambition. He doesn't... If he could just 
not be the man. Like yeah. he would be just. Uh, <coughs> sorry, mm-hmm. I'm ill. Are you coughing, bro? Yeah, I'm coughing, bro. Not very Roman of you. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm being vulnerable. Um, well, you know, it's they're laughing at us abroad. They're laughing. They're in Lemuria in Atlantis. They're laughing at us down there. <laughs> They're Narnia laughing. They're at Narnia it. laughing at it. <laughs> Wakanda, <laughs> Wakanda laughing at it. <laughs> uh, wherever Aquaman's, I guess he's Atlantis, isn't it? <laughs> the Jar Jar Binks sphere and Star Tatooine. They're tattooing laughing at us. They're fucking laughing at us. I'm fucking hot. They're in their little caves on hot. They're in their little taunt. They're in their. They're cutting open their tauntauns. They're laughing at us. They're the pod races laughing at us. Motherfucking Jabba the Hutt is laughing at Han Souls looking up from the river sticks, laughing at us. They're in Plato's Republic laughing at it. <laughs> they on the wall laughing at it. <laughs> they coming off the wall laughing at it. Ah, uh, the seventh ring of hell is laid up Dante's Inferno. Yeah, you guessed it. <laughs> laughing at it. They're laughing at it. <laughs> All the archdemons laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> the little um, motherfuckers laughing. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well... On that note, there is this. There, I just read a fascinating article in the New York Times that I wanted to share with you guys. Before I read it, I want to put a caveat that I'm not doing the standard Ukrainian flag in the bio, standard lib thing of laughing at rural people for being too dumb to you know vote in their interest or whatever mm. however <laughs> but i'm not not doing that <laughs> but that being said <laughs> I, i'm really not this is more of like a sociological anthropological thing it's another example of how like there's no good real good guys anywhere to be found yeah. it's all just scraping the bottom of the barrel like spiraling the drain um more, it's a moral uh, moral bog, is what it is. Yes, that's a moral exactly, quagmire. It's what exactly it is. what it is. It's it's another example like the Ukraine conflict where words have no meaning. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. there's there's words, there's signifiers, <laughs> but they're so far decoupled from the signified yeah. that it creates this very bizarre disjuncture between yourself and reality. So, um, the article is titled a rural michigan town is the latest battleground in the u.s china fight what um (laughs) so here we go yard signs along the quiet country roads of green chartered township michigan home to horse farms and a 19th century fish hatchery blare a message that an angered community hopes is heard by local leaders the biden administration and china no goshen um, I had to read that several times. Goshen? No, okay. Go, it's like lotion with a G. No lotion. They're, they're all that dry jacking there. Oh, man. <laughs> That's insane. I don't think my last, uh, my Roman boy would like that, but you know. Yeah, we're a town of dry jackers. <laughs> um, the opposition is to a plan by Goshen, a subsidiary of a Chinese company, to build a $2.4 billion electric vehicle battery factory on roughly 270 acres of largely uninhabited scrubland. An investment of that magnitude can transform a local economy, but in this case, it is unwelcome by many. Residents fear that the company's presence is a dangerous infiltration by the Chinese Communist Party, and it has led to backlash, death threats, and an attempt to unseat the elected officials who back the project. Can I just say the obvious thing? The obvious thing is that these are the same people who are using computers and using products and wearing clothes. <laughs> and like, probably, like, their children's children will owe money to China. I mean, it's just, like, it's just insane. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm I guess because you, it's so in their face, you know. Let me ask you a question. If they came into that town and said, we're going to give you all 100% employment and everybody gets paid 300 k a year. You think people would still be worried about the creeping Chinese Communist Party, but, or 
It seems how strong is ideology? I think I think Americans are willing to impoverish themselves if it proves a point. Like we're very proud and stupid and stubborn people, so I wouldn't doubt that people would just go poor, go broke because they have too much pride and honor. You know, I have no doubt. Um, I can't remember if it gets into how good the jobs would be, but I'm pretty sure they'd be like stable, you know, manufacturing jobs. Um. And it it does get at an interesting thing, which is that, like, I've not really beat this drum too hard on this show because I know people really have an ideological investment in thinking this is not true. But China is a capitalist country. It runs capitalism. It has a stronger capital controls. It has stronger regulatory controls on its capital. <laughs> if it walks sector. like a duck, it talks like a duck, <laughs> folks. <laughs> but it's, that's the thing that there's no meaning because yeah. they're like... They are called communists all throughout this piece, but it's like they're communists for trying to open up using capitalist business practices a yeah. factory in the community. It's like there's yeah. no meaning. Words don't yeah. mean anything. I guess in the strictest sense, they have seized the global means of production. Yeah. Well, in sounds, the uh, yeah. strictest sense. <laughs> yeah. Um. The debate over the factory has turned a township of about 3,000 people 60 miles north of Grand Rapids against each other and into an unlikely battleground in the economic contest between the U.S. and China. The resistance is part of a broader movement by states to erect new barriers to Chinese investment amid concerns about national security and growing anti-China sentiment. It's the communist influences that I'm bothered by because they have shown repeatedly that they don't care about our rules, our laws, or anything, said what Lori Brock. What the fuck Brock. is this, 1960 or some li shit? What the fuck is this? <laughs> listen, to this lady's, listen to this lady's bio. Said Lori Brock, who lives on a 150-acre uh, horse farm near the battery factory. Yeah, she's a hillbilly. Uh, <laughs> 150-acre horse farm. That's a hillbilly name. That's huge. I I'd bet any amount of money her grandparents are from Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> Seriously, I, any amount. Of, I'd bet my next three paydays. Hey, you're, she is in Michigan. She probably did get you know guaranteed. Probably, Brock, it makes sense. That that sentiment has been reverberating in the United States and on the Republican presidential campaign trail this year. In August, the campaign of Nikki Haley called Michigan's Democratic governor. Gretchen Whitmer, a comrade for backing the Goshen factory. Oh On Wednesday... God. They always the, make these people sound way cooler than they are, man. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> the fuck, yo. That's what I mean. It's bottom of the barrel. If she's a comrade for bringing a capitalist industry in, it's just like nothing makes any sense. Um, is, is Gretchen the one they were trying to kidnap at time? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it was, yeah. yeah. Um, on Wednesday, Vivek Ramaswamy, a Republican candidate... Will hold a rally at Mrs. Brock's at Miss Brock's farm. Goshen, <laughs> motherfucker, your family's from Asia. All right, I know this is the boot point. I just don't. That guy especially don't understand. So of course he's going to beat the drum the hardest because the brown guy has to do it to know to let like you know let the voters know like hey I'm not one of I'm one of the good ones. But it's still fucking insane, yo. Yeah, you talk about an ain't shit ass motherfucker. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Truly, truly. Animosity toward China has been deterring Chinese investment in the U.S. in recent years. Annual investment by Chinese companies fell to $5 billion in 2022 from $46 billion in 2016. Employment at Chinese firms in the U.S. has declined nearly 40%, but, incentives is starting, but investment is starting to turn around as a result of the new federal incentives included in the 2022 Inflation Reduction Act that were meant to spur American production of electric vehicles. Oh, it's um, Biden's fault then. Thanks, Biden. Well, it is an interesting thing that, like, the, like, the, once again, the signifier of EVs, electric vehicles, is now being, like, cast as a communist plot by China and any liberals that yeah. support it, including the UAW. Chinese want to make the world, the Chinese want to make the world more habitable place. <laughs> I mean, we can't have that. God damn, that's hilarious. It's, and at the end of the day, it's a fucking car. It's like the EVs are not going to solve climate change. It's a fucking car. We, don't need, want... we need to be driving less cars. Exactly. I wonder how many emissions. I mean, I don't know the fucking math of it, but like, what are the emissions related to producing these electric vehicles? Well, yeah, like, you're still. You well, you're, I mean? and also, I mean, where do you think? You think there's just an electricity ferry? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> you got a motherfucker on a pit on a wheel? Like, yeah, it might, be, it might be better, but somebody's still burning coal or natural gas to power those EVs. <laughs> That's. 
that's how bottom of the barrel it is. A EVs are being, which will not solve climate change, are being cast as a climate change solving thing, which is a communist plot by a country that's not actually really communist. It's like it's all chimeras and illusions all the way down. <laughs> also, also too, down. you know, not not throwing too much aspersion at the Chinese Communist Party, but like you know, just because of like just numbers, also like you know, one of the the top like uh, emitter of fossil fuels, like you know, emissions in the world. You know what I'm saying? Just by virtue of being as big as it is, but that's how meaningless all these words are you know what i mean what's really funny is that <laughs> consumers in china aren't even really driving that much like uh, china is exporting a lot of their evs to europe and i don't know this is a tangent but europe is like trying to stop some of these like they're they're launching an investigation into chinese ev production saying that they got state subsidies to do it which of course they did. I mean, that's the capitalism that they practice in China. Yeah. It's also the capitalism we practice here. We just call it defense spending, and it's give it to fucking Elon Musk. But anyways, the Coalition for a Prosperous America, <laughs> which represents American manufacturers, Coalition for Broke Ass America. How about that motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, you got that right. <laughs> Estimates that Chinese companies could gain access to $125 billion in U.S. tax credits related to green energy manufacturing investments. There are really strong commercial logics driving this, and those commercial logics aren't going away anytime soon. Um, the possibility just, that... It, can ahead. I just say, too, I just like the term gain access as if they're not doing it through legal means, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, once again, like this idea that well, the Chinese are stealing technology, they're stealing yeah, our resources. It's just like, yeah, shut the fuck that up. That they're just like... They're kicking down the door of every small town in America. And we're like, we're going to fucking put a plant here whether you like it or not, motherfucker. Exactly. We're going to give you jobs. They're Kool-Aid manning into your neighborhood, into your community, man. <laughs> Busting through the wall. <laughs> yeah. Which With is electric like, vehicle battery. I sent Tom oh, this yeah. article earlier, and it's like, you know, live in a county where they're trying to build a federal prison. The entire argument for which is we need more jobs. It's just like, it's probably the same in this place. It's just like... Again, it's bottom of the barrel because who the fuck? No, I mean, a job is a job. Like you're being exploited for your labor, but it's a prison is a little bit different. But you just, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, as yeah, a yeah. as a factory, anyways. It's like given the choice between like a a federal prison or like a uh, a, a job, China, a livelihood, a China backed <laughs> fa battery factory. Like I want to put What I was saying was like I want to petition the Chinese government to propose a ba battery factory for my county and just see how many heads explode it's just like oh i thought y'all wanted jobs let's do this <laughs> yeah, i thought y'all wanted the job yeah. <laughs> not like that not like that well you know president xi lived in iowa for a couple years as a young man and i can just imagine him looking out on the fruited plain saying you know what one day i'm going to send to the highest heights of the chinese communist party and on this very land i'll build multiple ev facilities and they won't be able to do a goddamn thing about it so he's been playing the long game on this one i'm i'm with uh brock and ramaswamy on this one i think g yeah you think you should dash a young man's dreams that's fucked up top yeah oh man um house republicans have also urged <clears throat> Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen to withhold any federal subsidies for the Goshen facility. Um, the Inflation Reduction Act, blah, blah, blah. We know that the vast majority of investments made through the Inflation Reduction Act are being made by American companies. The Treasury estimates that only 2% of the electric vehicle and battery investments that have been made during the Biden administration involve Chinese companies. Um, Goshen already has operations in California and Ohio and plans to open a $2 billion lithium battery plant in Illinois company chose Michigan last year after securing nearly $800 million in grants and tax exemptions from the state's strategic fund, whose officials said the investments would bring jobs, customers, and economic vitality to the region. At the time, Ms. Whitmer held the factory as a win for the state. Since then, a growing and vocal contingent has been working to halt the, the project. Okay, that's this just, is. Can I just say that's just amazing that there will be right wingers who already don't give a fuck if people have jobs, but in so many words are telling people like I'm preventing you from getting a job because of communist influence from the Chinese <laughs> communists. But that's just kind of insane, yo. That's really bold to turn around and tell your voters that, but they're probably with it though. Mm. Well, the reasons that they're giving, well, I'll, I'll just 
I'll read. I'll show. I'll tell you. Much of the effort has been directed at Green Charter Township's Board of Trustees, a group of local Republican officials who voted to allow Goshen to secure the state tax breaks. When residents realized that the company was coming to town, had ties to China, township meetings that usually drew a handful of people attracted hundreds of angry critics. So did they just not tell them from the get-go? Did they just drop it? By the way, they're Chinese. I don't. I don't. I get. I don't know. I don't know. Fuck. I don't know if they like. If some enterprising activist like looked into it and, and was like, "Oh my god, they've got a fucking Chinese house. Also, where? Why does it fucking matter? Capital flows all over the globe. Who the fuck does it matter where it comes no, from? But you don't understand. You don't understand, Terrence. It's the evil Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, it's the Chinese Communists in their in their capitalist <laughs> plot to to turn us all into communists using capitalism. <laughs> To give us jobs and make the air greener, greener yeah. You know, make the what, environment greener. What'd you say, Tom? That's that's why they caught with Chinese characteristics. Uh huh. <laughs> it means insidious and sneaky. That's right. That's right. Um, Jim Chapman, the township supervisor, has heard residents suggest that they would call in the Michigan militia or exercise their Second Amendment rights to stop Goshen from building the factory. Okay, I would. I, I <laughs> you know what's hilarious is the <laughs> idea that like. These fucking uh, dipshits with their, like, delusions and, like, they're practicing other shit on the weekend. Like, uh, what are y'all going to do, stand against the fucking Chinese army? They think it's going to be, like, Red Dawn, yo. Oh, oh, also, also, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they think there's going to be, like, this showdown between this, you know, the Michigan militia and yeah, the Chinese army. <laughs> also, too, I just have to say that, like, you, what you just brought up... Um, Terrence about like uh, uh, building a jail, right? As opposed to like building like um you know a uh, factory. I mean, like if they're like talking about sending militia to like stop construction, I wish they would do that for Cop City. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it's just kind of insane that yeah. like the cops are beating the shit out of people to build it. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and here, that's gonna take lives away, gonna kill people, destroy the environment. But in Michigan. People actually want to stop. I mean, not I want to say like progress, but some level of economic progress, at least for the region, for the town. Aaron, it's you amazing. can't halt progress. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. The thing is, yeah. it's 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 a it's a development project. There aren't going to be any Chinese army. There's not going. Th- that's not how this works. They're There's just not going to pack- be a Chinese guy there, probably. Dog. No, exactly. They all they hire <laughs> yeah. they, so, they contract out American firms to fucking do it. You're right. Like. That what what'll happen is they'll just pack up and fucking go to another town that wants them. It's yeah, not, like okay, yeah, we're not gonna fight with you. We'll just go twenty miles south of here. <laughs> I, I this is the thing, Mister Chapman, a lifelong Republican and former police officer, has found himself in the position of trying to convince his neighbors that allowing Goshen to bring more than two thousand new jobs to the area will create a housing boom and bring new businesses. So it's like the guy. Is that a- <laughs> so mind-blowing that's <laughs> such a weird inversion not just the republican but the fucking cop yeah you know what i mean it's like actually i give a shit about my community that's insane you know yeah and he's like T- bring on the michigan militia like i believe in this i'm down with ccp <laughs> <laughs> flying like the chinese flag outside his house <laughs> Yet residents have confronted Mr. Chapman with a host of conspiracy theories, including that the plant is a, quote, Trojan horse, and that it will be used to spy on Americans. Some in town believe that the plant will employ cheap Chinese labor instead of local workers and erect cooling towers to con- and erect cooling towers to conceal ballistic missiles. You think imagine, there's bro, a Chinese imagine, national in their right fucking mind that's going to move to rural Michigan? Bro, bro, I already see it. Busloads, busloads of Chinese nationals, yo, walking into the factory. Oh did, my god, that would be that would be kind of tight. After like you get all these people riled up, it's actually we're gonna bring our own people in first. It's just busloads of Chinese guys. They're like, god damn it, it's just. I I personally like the idea of them building smokestacks and putting ballistic missiles in them just so that they can, like, for fun on the weekends, like, nuke the surrounding countryside. It's like, yeah, for fun, we're just going to fucking nuke some, like, blank space in America's rural landscape. So, actually, in the paperwork, it actually said that we could also use this as a missile test site. (laughs) (laughs) It was in the fine print if you didn't read it. Um I will go to my grave and people will will curse me for this project, Mr. Chapman said. 
That's the that's the Republican police officer who's pulling for the project. <laughs> After researching the company and the actions of other Chinese businesses that operate in the U.S., Mr. Chapman concluded that Goshen was not a threat and that the opportunity to invigorate a relatively poor part <laughs> of the state Listen, was we, worth... we vetted them. We vetted them properly. They're not like these other Chinese companies that, that are They're doing trying to give us jobs. The people trying to give us jobs are okay. He says, what are they going to spy on us for in Big Rapids? Are they going to steal Carlene Rose's fudge recipe? <laughs> That's a pretty good, pretty good line. Uh, opponents hope that a November recall election can replace the board and stop Goshen in its tracks. Residents are raising money to file lawsuits and petition against every permit that Goshen will need to construct a factory that is expected to span more than a million square feet. I'm worried about environmental catastrophes. There's going to be 200 to 300 truckloads of chemicals coming in every day, said Kelly Cushway, who opposes Goshen and is running for a seat on the township board. We know China has not worried too much about their environment. Some community activists. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Coming from the country that coming from the country that literally like has like a fucking oil spill or a trade spill of chemicals like every other fucking day. Uh-huh. Okay, whatever. Whatever, fine. Sure. Some community activists, such as Miss Brock, are coordinating with counterparts in other states, including North Dakota, where Fufang USA tried and failed to construct a corn mill to learn how to terminate a Chinese investment. Miss Brock said she remained hopeful that the Goshen factory in her town could be halted. We haven't even started, she said. We haven't even hit them with one lawsuit yet, and it's coming. I hope we remain broke forever. I hope we <laughs> remain broke as fuck with no jobs and no hope for the future, dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like she's probably like a local elite. She's got 150 acres, so she's probably a rich person in town. You know what I mean? She's petty bougie or even bourgeois. Who the fuck knows what her Yeah, you got horses. Is. You got to be bougie. But, dude, I mean, it's bottom of the barrel, dog. You know what it's like? You know, I've used this example before. We talked about it. Remember remember that show we did maybe like, I don't know, man. Maybe it was like a year back or so. But it was about that, um, that it was a cat. It was like, wasn't it a cat store or some shit like that, dog? Wasn't it mm-hmm. like where you could go like see cats or some a shit? cat cafe. Kind of, yeah, yeah, right? And in how Texas, like, right? In, in yeah, Texas, Austin. yes. In Texas, actually. Austin. And I think I'd use the example like, I think they had like, oh, they had like a Black Lives Matter lawn, on lawn signs and shit like that. Like they're progressives. I think the owners. And I think I gave the analogy. It's like, like um Arthur C. Clarke talks about like um like mysterious artifacts or objects that kind of drop into our realm and create these ripple effects that uh-huh. go like pour outwards that kind of warp society right and kind of change relationships. I mean, as if this thing like had like physical weight to it, you know? Uh-huh. Like I mean, the factory has physical weight to it, but it's more about this idea and I guess this dream, you know. <laughs> Even though I mean, like this would objectively, I mean, the chemical stuff I can understand that, right? Like, but. I mean, if it's going to give you jobs and revitalize your community, but the only reason why you... I don't know. It just makes people fucking go crazy, dog. You're right. You're absolutely right. I think it's a perfect metaphor. It's like... um, Because I've tried to put myself in the shoes of someone who lives there and say, like, how would I respond to this? Because, like, obviously... It's like... Obviously, you want jobs for people where you live. It doesn't matter where the... I mean... These people are using it for like jingoistic and uh, xenophobic, racist purposes, right? Like, um, but you also—it's a fine line, though, for someone like us, because you also don't want to like—you also don't want to get in a position where you promote all forms of development, because then you get yourself into a position where you're like, well, even prisons and stuff. And then yeah. also at the end of the day, like what you're supporting is a factory that exploits people's labor. You know what I mean? And so it's also like, well. You know, I don't know. I don't know really know what the right answer here is. Um, but I do, I do just find it fascinating how, like, in the lack of any other answers or any kind of critique of American political economy, what you get is a bunch of like horse farm owners pissed off that they're about to put ICBMs in the fucking farm across the road because this China Communist Party is like taking over American way of life. It's <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like truly undergirding the NIMBY ethos, which could you could say undergirds the American ethos, I guess, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. God, man. Just selfish, self-serving, racist, xenophobic assholes, man. With horses. Anytime any With of this horses. stuff happens, one way or the other, it's always the fucking affluent people in the community that are like the biggest cheerleaders for all this shit, you know. Either yeah. stopping it or like 
promoting it or yeah. whatever. And it's like that's telling to me. Yeah. So they stand I mean, to gain or lose something, and so they have to be the most vocal proponents or opponents of it. I know this is a moot point that people bring up, and I mean I'm not like well versed uh, historical on this stuff, but I mean. I mean, it's like, you know, these people, these petty booge, these booge people, like the vanguard to like actual fascism, you know, you know what I mean? They're the ones that because of like their property relations, they're like, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I could do with a little bit of racism, you know, I could do with a little bit of bigotry, you know, impoverishing others at my, at, uh, at my expense or their expense rather, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, well, shit, China, you could build that shit right here in uh, where I live, man, in Atlanta. You could build that shit right in my, literally in my backyard. I have no problems buy, with that. Yeah, yeah. You could buy my whole block, actually. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'll sell you some land, CCP. I mean, there's so much abandoned mine land. I'm just going to start, like, uh, doing squatters rights on, like, mass swaths of land and selling it to the Chinese Communist Party. Can you do squatters rights for another nation? Yeah, <laughs> That's literally kind of like what English colonialism was. It's just like, we're here, so it's ours now. Yeah, yeah. We've been here for 30 days. You can't kick us out. Yeah. We have, resid- we have resid- residency. The law in my country says this, and that's what we're going to apply here, too. <laughs> because I'm traveling over here, so I'm bringing the law with me. You, know? you understand? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I think that about probably about covers it for the week, unless you boys got anything else you would like to add to the discussion I have nothing nothing I, I have nothing to add either but I also just wanted to name that I have nothing nothing to your name you gave all your <laughs> possessions away some gave all all gave some <laughs> put that shit over a Roman bathhouse yeah <laughs> before you walk into the Bacchanalia <laughs> Oh, shit. All right. Well, thanks for listening this week, everybody. We encourage you all to go to the Patreon, please. The last two weeks, we've had some good invigorating discussion on the Ukraine-Russia situation. So uh, I encourage you all to go check that out. Uh, www.patreon.com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. Patreon, like, revamped its design. They rebranded, bro. Yeah, they did. I also heard too, uh, if I could say, I heard that some other content creators on Patreon, um, they were having issues because some of their uh, patrons were unsubscribed without their uh, permission or whatever. So yeah, it happens about you, twice a year with these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you if you notice that you are not subscribed anymore, uh, become a patron once again. Yeah, and if you notice that you n- have never subscribed, become a Patreon too. Especially do that. You've been uh, thinking, you know what? I'd love to subscribe to that program, and I'd be willing to forfeit one of my iced matcha lattes every morning to do so. Uh-huh. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next time. Hope you have a great rest of your week and weekend. Adios. <laughs>